The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. When you see somebody like in an airport that has a Bowercrest hat on, it's such an, an instant and immediate, like, oh my God, I gotta go talk to him. There's something special about that bond and the band of brothers that does reside on the hill. Welcome to the Best of the Crest podcast, the podcast that connects the staff, campers, alumni, and families of Camp Bowercrest. Well, 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 here we are. This is David Yaz with the Boston Podcast Network. We are creating this podcast from our studios here in Westwood, Massachusetts, and I am proud to present the stars of the Best of the Crest podcast, Mr. Ken Cotton and Ms. Stacey Pollock. Welcome. <laughs> you should be welcoming you. me to your podcast, Inaugural Voyage. We got a lot of great stuff, and it's all about Bowercrest memories. It's all about why the Camp Bowercrest family endures and continues to be the you know wild and wacky and tight, uh, tight-knit group that it is. So we're going to hear from these two, the brass of Camp Bowercrest. We're also going to play a game called, Stacey, what's the name of our game? Oh, The Wheel of Awesome. The Wheel of Awesome. I should have let you come up with that because I should have let you said that because you're the one who came up with it. And it's a fun game where we spin a wheel and then a random location on the grounds of Camp Bowercrest will be uh, provided. And then whoever the contestant is, in this case, either Ken or Stacy, will have to tell a story uh, about why that place, some awesome story about that place, right? Is that what it is, Stacy? That's exactly what it yes. is, Dave. <laughs> so again, before we get into all this stuff, just tell me why... Uh, why are we doing this podcast? We had such a great summer last summer. We want to keep the mojo going. Um, we've been asked to do more off-season stuff by our families and the alums. And I just did an event in Florida. So we're just trying to keep this positive momentum going. And we feel like this is going to give our audience a little insight into what we do in the off-season and what we're all about. And we're going to get memories stories but also updates things that went on recently things yeah, we'll, that have gone next summer yes and we'll have we'll have special guests in the future uh nice can't tell you who they are people that we've just hired nice we're not going to tell you who they are oh that's cool so yeah. you maybe the the people can tune in and people that are going to be at at camp this summer might get a preview and might already get to virtually meet uh, someone new to the the site and stacy why are you excited about this podcast i can tell you're excited you have a big smile on your I, face. I, I can't stop smiling i love to talk i love to talk i i am so happy to be here great great and um you've been at bowercrest how many years as the camp mom uh this is my fifth summer fifth summer all right and um you're with every passing summer you embarrass your kids a little bit less as i understand it I, they or, ignore me a little bit more and okay. i am, i do i embarrass them a little bit less <laughs> so um let's talk about the, the camp culture i mean the, the first question couldn't be more easier for both of you it's just tell me about what bowercrest is all about it's uh, now full disclosure your uh, announcer here your podcast host here went to camp uh tell Noah, and we always thought bowercrest was scary because it was all boys they scared us but tell but tell tell me a little bit about how you would describe like the camp culture the camp culture i mean we are a sports camp but that doesn't mean that's the only thing we do um you know little little spoiler alert right um we're gonna have some different activities this summer that are not sports related wow like ceramics oh boy and that's um something that, that we're really excited about give kids a chance to do something 
other than sports because just because you like sports or are good at sports doesn't mean you don't like other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm looking forward to getting into the ceramic studio and making making something for my wife. That's excellent. <laughs> I hope she's listening. So just so I know, I'm not so much the artsy type, but the ceramics is the thing where you mold the clay into something and you paint it and then you stick it in the oven and it comes out looking awesome. Is that kind of it? Y- yes. <laughs> it that comes is. out looking like what it, you put it in, looking like just harder and Something maybe you take home. Yeah. Shinier, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it re- I remember that because we had that at Tell Noah. I made one year, I remember making E.T., a little min- miniature figure of E.T. Ours so, is going to be better than the one at Tell Noah. Okay. <laughs> I have no, no, no doubt. And we had this before. It's not like we didn't just right. get this kiln and we have pottery wheels and all the stuff was there. And now we, we're actually bringing someone in um, who knows how to use it. And it's actually really really good at it so i think it's a great move because the kids you know when they come home to mom and dad they can get you know give mom a mug or a bowl or something and then they'll be like oh honey and then the kid wins a few points he starts ahead of the game going so into I, the school year i remember doing <laughs> ceramics so long ago that i made an ashtray yeah <laughs> that's what you that was the default right yeah, yeah. even if you didn't even if you didn't anyone, know anyone can do smart. that right so how did you originally get involved in the camp i know that um uh, Ken, you actually didn't, you went to a different camp as a young man. Tell yeah. me about your journey that got you here. So I, I went to camp for nine summers at a camp called Natacook, mm. in which if you went to tell Noah, you knew Natacook. Yeah, we would say cook, cook, Natacook. Cook, cook, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I went there for nine summers and I, you know, had an awesome experience. Um, and then I got into teaching a little bit later in life and I did that for 16 years. And while I was teaching, I worked at Camp Kingswood up in Maine for 13 summers at various positions, including not limited to the assistant director. Um, And then I kind of just felt like I was teaching and doing camp and I really camp was winning camp one over. Um, And I, and this position opened up and I'm fortunate enough to be here. You have many people's dream jobs. I mean, I've had even, you know, as a man as old as I am, there's still friends that say, Hey, you know, maybe we could like, be the director of camp like you and I could partner on it and we take the summers off and it never works because we, we always have to return to it. so you're the lucky ones but you know there's certain people that have that ability that's great and Stacy tell us about your journey to Bowercrest so my my journey was a little different I did not have the overnight camp experience right. um actually all my friends went to Natacook with Ken um but I my husband had gone to Bowercrest and when we had two boys uh, and who remotely like sports it was kind of a a given and they ended up there and and um they needed a little bit of uh help a little um a few more adults on the hill and so i um i jumped at the chance and i always say to my my mother now you didn't send me so now i have to go like an adult and now i go to camp all summer (laughs) and you know one of the one of the benefits to having stacy not go to camp is when we have parents that we speak to that didn't go to camp or are hesitant like that um, you know, Stacy sent her kids to camp before she was a camp mom. So, right, right. So that's one of our. So you experienced it as a mom, so you know what they're thinking. And I, moms I did. and dads. Yeah, yeah, and and I, there, everyone comes at it from a different experience. I was, I was really excited for him to go away, and I, I wasn't, I wasn't nervous. I was more excited. Um, he was really nervous, and so, um, but as, as, as soon as he got there. I mean, like he, I had to go find him to say goodbye. And so I thought that that was a pretty good sign. And the day you dropped him off, he was already running around. That was it. That's great. Yeah. And so, um, it, and I, I feel just really lucky that, um, 
that I ended up here. And I, and, but that is the joke is that I didn't go as a kid. So now I have to go as an adult. It's not such a bad gig. I would, I would say, I, you know, I, people that are camp lifers like me, you, I sometimes have dreams that I'm back at camp, except it's weird. Cause in the dream, I'm like a counselor and I'm waking up and saying hi to the kids. And then I realize I have my own kids like back in Sharon mass. And like, I, I'm like, what? don't I have to go home now? Like, this is weird. But like part of me wants to be at camp. I think that's why I have the dream. Um, so tell me what, what do you think makes Bowercrest different from other overnight camps? Ken, we'll start with you on that one. And by the way, for those that may not know, I mean, there may be parents tuning in that just aren't familiar. T- tell us where the camp is. That's a good place to start, I think. You know. So the camp is in Amesbury, Mass., which mm-hmm. is just on the New Hampshire border. Okay. It's about um, it's about an hour from, while well, we're sitting here in Westwood. It's about an hour from Westwood. Right. Uh, from the Metro West area, it's also an hour up 495, so um, it's not too far away. The feeling that you get when you, with Bowercrest, and I didn't go to Bowercrest, mm-hmm. but when you see somebody like in an airport that has a Bowercrest hat on, mm-hmm. It's such an, an instant and immediate, like, oh, my God, i got to go talk to him. Yep. And, and that's something that you don't get with other organizations and even with other camps. And I, and I thought that originally that you do get that with, with all these other camps, but it just it, there's something special about that bond, the bond of, and the band of brothers that, that does um, reside on the hill. Yeah, and I would, I would think, to come completely clean and be honest, I, I think that the – um, I got to be careful not to be like stereotypical here, but it, it being all boys, there's something about that, that they, you know, they all in common and some of them, you know, they hit certain ages, they're going through things. They're learning some things from, you know, their peers that, you know, some of the stuff that they're not going to learn from school, you know, about life and maybe about, you know, having the first girlfriend or whatever it is, but to have all boys there, I think it's in the same spirit of like a fraternity or a sorority. There is, there is a kind of ex, ne- next level bond. Oh, I think, that think so. there definitely is. I mean, yeah. kids, you know, kids, regardless of what camp you go to, kids, sometimes they have difficult years and they come to camp and they get to let their, you know, just let them be themselves. And with a with an all boys camp, you know, there's not that that opposite gender where it, there's pressures that, that go into it. And here the kids, you know, they let their hair down, their shoulders are, are, are lower on their bodies yeah. and they get to really redefine themselves and, and go to a safe place that they are just you know, who they are at camp. And it may be their alter persona, but it's their, it's their happy place. Yeah. My, my son, I remember my younger son, when he first went and this was just day camp in Foxborough, Mass, but he went and, uh, good camp, Camp Oak Hill, but he came back home and came in and said, mom, mom, you're not going to believe it. At camp, you get to play all day. <laughs> like, like just having comparing it to school and the the sort of stresses of school and why you're you know the things you have to pay attention to. How about you, Stacey? How would you describe Bowercrest and how it might be different from other camps? I mean, I think that the, what sets us apart is that um, we are a smaller camp, and so we I I just think like the intimacy of it. We know every single one of our campers. We know most of our families. Um, you know, and I I think that. The accessibility, Ken and I are extremely accessible and um, we are, we're available, you know, when parents, you know, we're both parents. We have both, Ken's raised boys. I'm raising boys. I am in the middle of it. And, um, and so I, we get it. And so when a parent calls, like, I, I feel like we, there's no like crazy parent. Well, there might be, but like, all right. They just don't know that they're the crazy parent. <laughs> when you, but like when you sometimes when you send your kid away for the first time, like I feel like everyone sort of becomes a crazy 
parent to oh, some extent. I would extent. agree, yeah, yeah. And, and it's a hard thing to do. Like you're putting a lot of trust and a lot of faith into an organization and into these people who are running it. And I, we take that really, really seriously. Um, and we have a blast doing it, but I mean, our responsibility is to these families and, and making sure that they know that their kids are safe and that their kids are happy. And, you know, I always say my role as camp mom over the summer is I have to make sure the kids are happy. I know the kids are happy. That's the counselor's job to make sure the kids are happy. My job is making sure that the parents are happy at home Mm -hmm. because if, if the kids are happy at camp, that's great. But if the parents are freaking out at home that then I feel like we're not really doing our job. So. Yeah. You know, know, the, the first thing I was, when I was thinking when Stacy was speaking is that, you know, when the parents call, there's no eye rolling on the other side. Right. You know, I mean, we, we genuinely get the fact that you're dropping off your child. Yeah. This is not your cell phone. This is not, you know, anything of, this is, this is your child. I mean, there's if you no are greater... dropping off your cell phone with your child, well, you're going to yeah, get it you're back. You're going to get it back. But the, I mean, I, I guess I said cell phone because that's the most important thing besides your children. Right. <laughs> um, right. But that's, that's, um, we get that and right. we take it very seriously. So when a, when a parent is calling and says, oh my God, I haven't seen, you know, I can get a letter. I haven't seen a picture. You know, we don't just say, oh, he's fine. You know, we'll go down yeah. and we'll, we'll talk to the counselor. Well, before we get back to the parent, you know, in the next 10 minutes, right. we go down and we, we, we see the child and we go take a picture of him or we go in and just talk to him and, and make sure he's okay. And if there mm-hmm. is something going on, we involve the parent. You know, as a teacher, I always knew about that triangle, the parent, teacher, and, and, and um, the child. And we still do that. Mm-hmm at camp and just to involve the families and to making sure that everybody knows what's going on. Great answer. Um, and it sounds like you do a lot, like it, it, if I'm a new parent uh, or a parent sending their kid for the first time to camp and I, that's exactly what I want to hear because you, you know, the, the attachment you have to your children is, is sort of irrational. And I remember when my first child was born and he had been alive for about, you know, six hours and nighttime was upon us. And the nurse said, we're going to take him to the nursery, you know, and we were told, let him take him to the nursery so you can at least get one good night's sleep. So we did, but we both started crying when the kid, the kids existed for all of eight hours. But (laughs) now, so if you have that sort of, that's parental separation anxiety, right? And, you know, every parent has it. And so that that's the, the scare. So I, it's gratifying to hear that you, you focus on that. You must talk a lot of parents off the, off the, off the you know what? cliff. I feel right? like the, for, when you're proactive about it, like it's, the, I don't know, the ledge is not that high. Like it's, <laughs> no, you're right. I, but I think yeah. like, you know, if, if parents are seeing their kids in pictures, if parents are getting a quick email or a text saying, mm-hmm. listen, he's doing great. He just, you know, whatever, just some tiny little tidbit of information to let them know that A, he's there, he's safe right. and B, you know who he is and you're actually, you actually care enough to like, to reach out. I think that goes a really long way. How about when they get older and you know, they're the counselors. I mean, I, I know that you probably won't get, you don't get a lot of calls from parents of counselors, but I wonder mm-hmm. if I want, uh, sometimes, sometimes you do. Okay. The first year staff, we t- yeah, actually not, not very much because yep. you know, they, they, they can speak to their parents. I mean, if God forbid there was anything going on, we would absolutely, right. we, we know all, you know, because the first year staff members were count were campers last year, so we know all those families. Mm-hmm. I will say that the, the the my best part of mm-hmm. opening day is how quickly some of the parents drop off their kids. The older kids, I mean, like they can be see in and out in five minutes. Yeah, and they don't want to see ya. <laughs> yeah, and that's I think, I, and that I mean, that's a credit to what we're doing. I because think that's right. Yeah, the, you know, they, they, their kids don't want to see them. They just want to go to camp. And, and you've 
and you've coached up the parents summer after summer to learn that they love it and they're in a place that they love. Mm -hmm. And yeah, parent and as a parent, you got to learn to live vicariously. And, I, and I remember, I mean, I remember getting dropped off at camp when I was one of the older older campers. And I always joke and say, I don't think my parents actually came to a complete stop. They just slowed down to the boat and just threw my stuff, kicked me out, and said, "All right, I'll see you later." And that, and you know, and that that's just a credit to the camp. It's a credit to, you know, what these kids, the relationships they built, and mm -hmm. um, you know, like Stacy said, we just we have a ton of fun. Let's take a break here for just a minute to tell you about our sponsor, Northern Lights Entertainment. Sophisticated, elegant, and high energy. And now it's much more than music at Northern Lights Entertainment. They're dedicated to helping you create the event of your dreams. Whether your style is simply elegant or out of this world extravaganza, the team of entertainment professionals at Northern Lights will work with you to produce an affair custom to your style. Now we're talking weddings. I know them from bar mitzvahs. If you've been to bar mitzvahs, Ken, Stacy, how many bar, bar mitzvahs have you been to? We've been making the circuit. And Northern, and you've seen Northern Lights in action. I've had Northern yes. Lights in action. You've had, no, okay. And just off the charts, great, right? Amazing. I mean, Amazing. They, I mean, not only is it great music and lights and really a show unto itself, but the, the motivators get the kids up and dancing and all that. And Ken, as I understand it, they visited Bowercrest in the past, right? They have. And... I assume they did not disappoint. They did not. <laughs> they know how to rock a pool party. They do. Once again, expect the exceptional with Northern Lights Entertainment. Just go to northernlightsentertainment.com, right to the website, all the info you need to do. Hire them for your next extravaganza, northernlightsentertainment.com. Okay, so back to the show. And this is exciting. It's the first, our first venture into the wheel, the world of the Wheel of Awesome. And uh, so, Stacy, you came up with the... Uh, uh, name, so I need to give you credit for that every time we do it. But what we're going to do is we're going to read off what's on the wheel. You know what? I think we just spin the wheel. Who would like to go first? You want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Stacy, enter the arena, enter the area of wheel, the wheel of awesome. And uh, Stacy hits the button. Now we're talking big house, mess hall, waterfront, pool, rec hall, new building, ninja course, or field trip. And we have landed on... Mess Hall. I don't know if that's good or bad, Stacey. I, but I it, but having I spun the Wheel of Awesome, it is now your turn to tell a tale of something awesome that happened in the Mess Hall at Camp Bowercrest. Uh, I would say the Mess Hall is probably one of my favorite places at camp. Um, there is so much spirit. I mean, aside from the fact that the kids are eating, um, which <laughs> when it's an all-boys camp doesn't take very long. Um the best thing for me about the mess hall is when the um, the CIs they sit um, they have uh, like Counselor a sound system sorry. sorry counselor interns and they um, have a sound system and they start playing music and they all appropriate music I mean it, they play there's a so lot it's of Lawrence there's Welk. a lot of <laughs> a lot of Taylor Swift there's and they, and the kids it doesn't matter if they're seven doesn't matter if they're seventeen all of a sudden you look around and they're all standing on the benches and they're singing and it could be like love story, Taylor Swift. There's a lot of, there's a lot of let it go. A lot of let it go. Yeah. Um, and I, I would say that, that, Shake it that off. is what, and, Shake it off. Shake it and, off and let it go and love story. And, and, all those. and yeah. when we leave camp at the end of the summer and like, we have to go back into the real world. It is something I have to remember. Like when you're at a restaurant or in someone's kitchen, it's not appropriate to... Uh, Can't stand on the benches. No. Not, apparently no one else does that. You know, I, and I, and I will ahead. say that um, 
you asked before about you know what 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 makes a boys camp so special yeah if it was a co-ed camp, I don't think that the boys would be standing up singing "Let It Go." I can't imagine. No, yeah. and and they yeah. do it, and they do it with 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 their whole heart. Um, <laughs> it is it is really something something to behold. It's amazing. Oh, I can hear. It's almost like I hear the music right now. Now you have to picture. Oh, <laughs> you see, this reminds me of the summer. Does it? Yeah. Which is ironic because it's about being cold and frozen. Yes. So, well, it gets so hot, sometimes you need something, something to cool you down. That's why we um, have an air-conditioned rec hall. <laughs> Excellent. So they can belt out these Disney tunes. I love it. All right. So how did Stacy do in the, on the Wheel of Awesome? I think she acquitted herself very nicely. She Ken, did. You give her an A? All right. <laughs> All right. Ken, step up to the wheel. All You're right. ready. Here it goes. Again, big house, mess hall, waterfront, pool, rec hall, new building, ninja course, or field trip. And Ken has landed on the big house. Nice. He gets the big right. house. Yeah. Now, for the uninitiated, and I know most people who are listening to this podcast already know, very well know what the big house is. For maybe new parents, what is it? It's so more than a big house. <laughs> it is a lot more than a big house. Yep. Uh, the big house is a six bedroom wonderful huge house at the right the front of camp mm. it's where stacy candace henry and i live okay um it's also where our offices are it's, it's, also, it's command central it's yeah. command central yeah. okay and the coolest thing about it is is a there's the bhp the big house porch mm. as it's you know commonly referred to and from the big house porch it's a wraparound porch you can see almost everything that goes on in camp oh, and my favorite place to be is sitting there. First of all, the sunsets from the big house porch are the most beautiful sunsets, except the ones that you can actually see at the waterfront. Mm. But they are unbelievable. The colors in the sky that it just did everybody when we're, when we're out there, people during sunsets just stop what they're doing and just kind of really? take it all in. Yeah. It's, it's really something. You got a rocking chair out there. Oh, we have Adirondack chairs. Oh, nice. Brand new ones Very last comfy. year. No oh, good. <laughs> um, but the, the cool thing about being out on the big house porch is that I can see all the games that are going on, all the activities that are going on, and the hardest decision I have to make is which one I'm going to go and see. Right. You know, and I can go back and forth. And, um, you know, our camp is not, it's not on 150 acres. You can see everything from there, and it's just, it's it's, it's very homey, very close. Sure. And um, I, I I love, I actually, I should say my favorite time to be in the big house porch. Mm-hmm. I always get up to camp the day before everybody else. Mm-hmm. And the night before everybody gets there, I sit out on the porch and I just take it all in and relax because I know that the next day there's not going to be a lot of relaxing from until the end of camp. So. <laughs> now, you mentioned that from your vantage point at the big house, you can look out and then decide sort of where you what you want to check out first. Do, mm-hmm. do you spend a decent portion of your day just kind of going around and... yeah. I'm a, I'm a boots on the ground guy. I, yep. I I cannot sit in the office. I you know, I, I I like to be out there. I've coached a lot of things. I like to go out there and help the help the staff out. Do you consider it? Do you consider it part of your job to know every camper? Yes. Really? And so by the end of the summer, you know every camper's name. Yes. Wow. How many campers? About 150 a month. That's a lot. And then you know, it, it, it switches over halfway through, right? You got some new faces. Uh, we do. We have we have. Almost fifty percent of our campers stay for the whole summer, mm-hmm. so I, we get to know. And, and you know, we have a lot of re, re, repeat campers, so I know them. Um, 
Um, I know that we know their families. Mm-hmm. I mean, st- between Stacy and I, we know every single camper and all of their families. So it's it's a it's an intimate for sure environment. Yeah, that must be fun. Yeah, I remember being a CIT at my camp, and the I don't know how it works at Bowercrest for at least during the time I was at Telnor, you spent a week with each as a CIT. You you know you're you're in training, so you're kind of helping the counselors more than being fully in charge. So you don't have a permanent bunk; you switch off. Does do you just do that as well? Yes, because I, I think that it was was such a cool part of that summer was by the end of it I knew at least with the boys with us I knew every camper's name you know except well, maybe the older kids who we weren't I will say to, that yeah. that that you know we do a good job at, at doing like the big brother little brother on Friday night so the, oh, nice. the older campers get to know the younger campers mm-hmm. and most of the kids in the in the middle of camp they've been there for a few years so they they know each other mm-hmm. um, it, it is really it's it's wonderful that they that the kids all know most of the other kids mm-hmm. regardless of their age mm-hmm. um, but we do have our CIs as we call them the CITs at the I other see. camps yeah. mm-hmm. um, they do go into the bunks um, during the year they go to Israel for the first couple of weeks of camp and, okay. and then they come back and they do go into the bunks and we have a couple of different programs for them so it's uh, it, yeah I mean it's it's still a work in progress we're still trying to morph it into something a little bit more and I think this year our CI, our CI director Mm-hmm. who I've been working with in the off season, he and I are going to really make sure that these kids are scheduled and know and, and, and get the training that they, uh, that we think that they're, that's necessary. Yeah. I mean, and you're training them in first off, of course you want to, you want them to learn how to take care of the kids at right. some very, you know, basic concepts of safety. And we also, you and, know, we also want to make sure that we, we put them in a, um, in a group that they're comfortable with. So they try a couple of different age groups. Mm -hmm. And so when we have those conversations in the off season, you know, everybody has their niche as far as what, what age group they like. I mean, for me, when I taught, it was always that fifth and sixth grade. Mm -hmm. That was always my jam. Um, And I knew that about myself. And so I want the other kids to the other staff members to understand that, you know, what is your niche? Cause I want why to do put, you think, why do you think that was the age group that for me? Yeah. Why? Yeah, it's just, it's just who I am. I, I don't know. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I, I taught eighth grade. I taught fourth grade. I taught fifth and sixth. And I just, I, the fifth and sixth was my comfort zone. Yeah. When I first, when I was first a counselor, I was assigned the youngest bunk, which is um, in some circles known as a cruel punishment to you. You have to take the youngest bunk, but um, was so excited to be a counselor, had such a good, time with it and there's something about the kid the little kids that are so endearing it's like they're 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 like you know clay for you to mold and teach and they they listen to you and they look up to you and then um i remember our camp director saying to me i'll always love spending time with the older kids and i said really why i just kind of dig the little kids and how they're wide-eyed and and he said well yeah but they're just starting to become real people when they're you know older they're becoming teenagers they're kind of learning things about life that and they're you know and you can learn from them as well What's your favorite age group, uh, Stacey? I mean, I, I bunks one and two were the youngest kids. Yep. And that, I mean, I, I, I go in there, as, you know, the first couple of nights, I'll go in there um, with Candace, who's the other um, mom on the hill, mm-hmm. and, uh, and just go in, make sure no one's homesick, make sure that everything, you know, pe- kid, the kids know where all their stuff is, because for a lot of them, this is their first time, you making know, sure that, sure that knowing made. where their shoes are. I mean, <laughs> not, you know, and so... I'll go in there and like, I, it, it is so highly entertaining. I have a hard time. I mean, they, they don't need me for anything. They are having such a good time. They talk a mile a minute. They can't wait to tell me every single thing that they've done during the day. And it the hardest thing is like getting out of bunk one to get into bunk two to get, you know, <laughs> and it, I, 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 
I have to like figure out a way to perfect that. But I, I don't know. It's uh, it, it that bunks one and two are definitely um, that's my jam. That used to be my jam as well. It, it just and even simple things like towards the end of the summer, I would finally remember that I had taken no pictures and I would like bring a bring a camera to like the final banquet at camp and the little kids are somewhat dressed up for summer. And I just took pictures of them just eating dinner. And it was the cutest thing you can imagine. It's like they're trying to look, you know, look like real people. And, you know, all those little moments, right? That's the best. Well, that, you know, talking about the mess hall, what Stacey was talking about, I, you know, we're screen free. Screen at, free. Screen free at camp. Yeah. And, and to go. Like, you're talking like a screen door. No. no. What are you talking what? about? Like, screen free. Screen. Screen. Okay. No, like, no, like, no, like no, electronics. No phones, no electronics. Oh, no Okay. And no, yeah, well, okay. we do have screens on the windows and the screens, doors. Yes. Okay, I was going to say it's a strange thing to get. Um, okay. But we, but, but to go in there, and I love to sit there and just look around and see everybody communicating. You know, they're just talking to each other yep. and looking at each other when they're talking and running around trying to get something for their table so they don't have to stack the table. And mm-hmm. it's just it, it's 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 fun. It's entertaining, and um, it's. I, I think that's great. The screen free thing because. Um, I've always thought that, you know, people try to create, set yourself up to create great memories. And so if you're not going to Camp Bowercrest, maybe you're, you know, going down Cape Cod or maybe you're taking a trip to Europe or whatever you might do. And, you know, you take such great pains to make those plans. But the the great memories that you have are typically interacting with people that you like. Right. And so you could be anywhere. You know, you could be, you know, and I think that goes for all phases of life. You know, I can remember just having a laugh with friends around, you know, um, you know, campfires or whatever it may be. Well, right? you know, it, it's funny because it, one of the, my first question I asked the staff is, what's your favorite camp memory? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I, and when I first got on the, when I first had, had the job, I asked everybody because I wanted to get to know who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and almost every single counselor said, <clears throat> you know, it was a moment on the hill when they had done this and they were sitting with somebody that it was either consoling them or they were consoling somebody else or they were just, you know, running around playing a game. And yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't any like specific activity right it's just those 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 special moments right i love it so we're up against the clock here guys um stacy maybe you're the appropriate person to ask how if people want to learn more about camp bowercrest and stay in touch and all that where should they go i think the easiest thing would be to go to uh, bowercrest.org um that's our website and all the contact how do do you spell that (laughs) b-a-u-e-r-c-r-e-s-t.org and all the contact information is right there excellent well How'd you guys feel about the first episode one? I feel I feel pretty good about it. I feel it. like I can just yeah. keep going and yeah. going. Good. Well, we will. <laughs> so um, tell a friend, tell a fellow Bowercrest alum or even someone just interested in Bowercrest about this podcast. It is the Best of the Crest podcast. You can find all past episodes on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, or at pod617.com, Boston Podcast Network. Thanks to Ken. Thanks to Stacy. Thank you. Thanks, My name is Dave. Dave. I just work here, but we'll see you next time on the Best of the Crest. 